All interviews on Mayday are brought to you by Fan Mail, the bi-monthly subscription box by Lady Geeks for Lady Geeks. You can find them at myfanmail.com. Fan Mail, bi-monthly subscription box by Lady Geeks for Lady Geeks. You can find them at myfanmail.com. And I believe you can still get a discount on your first box if you use the promo code Mayday. So do that. Hey everybody, welcome. This is Justin from Mayday. Welcome to episode number two of our Female Filmmaker Friday podcast presented by Mayday. I will be hosting this along with writer-director Lindsay Copeland, whose film Hedgehog starring Madeline Brewer and Anne Dowd is available now for rent and purchase on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon Prime Video. How you doing, Lindsay? I'm good. Thank you for having me back. Hey, no problem. Uh, so moving forward, Lindsay will uh, hopefully, as long as all goes well, be sticking around to be our guest host. Uh, because in talking to female filmmakers, I felt that it was be great to have one on the show to uh, get some inside info and have some questions that maybe I wouldn't ask. So thanks for being here, Lindsay. My pleasure. All right. Our guest today is Jess Goldberg. She is a playwright, writer, and producer from hit shows on TV like Parenthood and a director of a feature film, Ref- Refuge, which was also based on a play she wrote. Uh, but she's probably best known for being the creator of the hit Hulu TV show, The Path, starring Aaron Paul, Michelle Monaghan, and Hugh Dancy. Just started its third season this past month in January and is streaming now for your enjoyment on Hulu. How are you doing, Jess? I'm, I'm great. Um, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. It is an honor to have you on here. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, so we'd like to uh, get started here with a little bit of an icebreaker just to get people to uh, know some things about Jess Goldberg outside of uh, what we know about your creative endeavors. So I'm just going to, it's called Five Favorite Things. I'm just going to name a thing and you tell us what your favorite one is. Hopefully it'll be pretty simple and we'll move right along. So let's start with, let's start with hopefully an easy one. What is your favorite fictional character not created by you? My, uh, I, I, okay, this is, this is uh, maybe Sonia from, um, from Uncle Vanya, Chekhov. Oh, explain, explain that to me, because I don't know. Lindsay, do you know what that is? I am not familiar with that. Um, I had a whole Chekhov moment when I was a freshman in college, but that was like 13 years ago. But I just got impressed because she said Chekhov. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, she's she's just like, I, I just when I first started writing, I just was super drawn to Chekhov because the characters are so sort of in pain and funny and real and um Sonia was just someone who sort of survived and I I just loved that character that's awesome all right next one Mm -hmm. uh a totally unrelated topic what is your favorite dessert chocolate or chocolate any kind Um, (laughs) equal opportunity chocolate eater yeah that's awesome of of the the darkest oh dark dark chocolate Dark chocolate, definitely. Uh, Lindsay, yeah. Lindsay, how do you feel? Where do you come down on the dark chocolate versus the milk chocolate things? Oh, I when well when I was a kid, I I was all milk, but as an adult, dark chocolate all the way. Especially, I um bought dark chocolate peanut butter cups from Trader Joe's recently, and those yeah. are like crack. So, nice. ooh, <laughs> they're real good. All right, next yeah. one. <laughs> And uh, yeah. this one is one of my favorites. Um, favorite TV show from when you were a kid, or growing up, anytime before you were an adult. All right, that's hard. I didn't have a TV until um, probably like fifth grade. Oh. 
So, um, and I, I just am so amazed now because I have a 10-year-old, and if she stays home from school, there's, like, so much TV to watch. When I stayed home, there were like, there was, um, you know, like, Santa Barbara and General <laughs> Hospital. Uh, I, it's funny. So I don't feel I was I was much more like a movie kid than a um than a TV. Okay, so give watcher. us your uh, how about your favorite movie from when you were a kid? Well, I just remember loving like ET. You know, okay. uh, yeah, that was a big one. And um, when I was a kid, I'll go with that. ET. Right. E. No, you can't go wrong with ET. It's fantastic. There's a really oh. fantastic uh, documentary on Spielberg where they talk about all his work in the ET stuff was really cool. Um, now, next one, and this one is a kind of a divider of people. Uh, your favorite guilty pleasure song. Now, some people don't like to think of things that they enjoy as being a guilty pleasure, so you might fit into that right. category. But uh, if you do have one that, like, you know, you're kind of one of those that you, like, secretly love, but probably wouldn't like the world to know that you love, even though you're about to tell them on a podcast, uh, what would that be? Uh, well, I have quite a few of those. Awesome. Um but yeah, so I mean I don't know if this would make me feel guilty, but I will survive by Gloria Gaynor oh, has always been a, a a big anthem in my life. Um, recently, my daughter got me into Selena Gomez. There's a song that she wrote, I guess, about Justin Bieber that I find super catchy and enjoy. Um, so yeah, those are the first that you know anything in the Taylor Swift. <laughs> Yeah. Grocery aisle is. Uh, Absolutely. I'm I'm sort of blush yeah. when I say how much I enjoy them. Well, I mean, it's hard not to. All the Taylor Swift songs, I'm kind of the same way. They're all so catchy, it's ridiculous. Like you just can't not really enjoy them in spite of kind of not wanting to. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? Yeah. Miss laps a lot over there. What do you got? You got anything? I I just am giggling because uh, I just. Recently, when I was back in New York, I went to go pick up a drive from a friend of mine, and uh, her roommate was blasting uh, Trouble by Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, I heard it in the stairwell while I was, like, walking up, oh, and gosh. I just instantly had that memory when when you guys talk about Taylor Swift and guilty pleasure, because he definitely... I was like, you know what? You like what you like. Right. Don't, Wear what you dig. You know, that being said, you know, when I have my guilty pleasures, especially when I was younger, I would just freak out when people would I'd be like that's not really what I like don't worry I'm cool <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry oh, I'm no, a giggler no uh, my personal favorite and uh, this is especially fun when we're out shopping and my wife is on the other side of the store and Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle comes on oh yeah I will <laughs> literally pump my fist in the air and she turns around she's like oh no but yeah, that's mine for sure. Yeah. That's number one with a bullet. All right, and the last one of our favorite five things. Your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Um, well, I guess I have to say spend time with my kid or read a book. All right. That's, those are both good things to do. So let's get right into things. So your journey up to this point in your career, you've kind of taken many different creative endeavors. You've written plays doing writing and production for television, directed a feature film that was based on your own play, um, and you've created this very successful television show. Uh, what have you taken away from kind of each of those pursuits or some point in your creative life and uh, carried with you to now? 
Um, well, I guess I'd say that it's like all, they're all just building blocks. You know, you're just, you're just, I, I, I definitely, I started, I wanted to be a playwright as, as you know, I'm, as a young person, I wrote plays and, and, you know, got together with my friends and put them up and, and in a weird way, doing television is, is another form of that. So everything just sort of, uh, feels like an extension of storytelling and, 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 uh, making those stories come to life. What has been the one of the bigger challenges that you faced, you know, throughout your and all your creative endeavors that has made you better at what you're doing right now? I mean, I think, you know, one of the first things most of us face, I mean, not everybody, but is rejection um and and that's, you know, something I think you as a artist, as a writer, <clears throat> you have to learn how to persevere um to be able to 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 continue so i mean you know that was um certainly as like a young playwright in new york figuring out how to be heard um you know and 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 deal with like the the many doors that are shut in your face um is is something that you know you spend your sort of creative life doing and figuring out how to open so and what what particularly is there any specific thing that you've you know from obviously evolved and how you've dealt with that rejection from then to now is there one thing that you could tell you know upcoming filmmakers or you know any creative person really who's gonna have to submit their work to someone else what the best advice would be as far as dealing with rejection? I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm sure it's, it sounds so cliche, but you just have to keep keep going. I'm, I mean, that sort of separates, I think, in, in a lot of ways, people who will end up doing it, um, you know, and, and people who don't as, as being able to weather that and, and just keep going and, and believing in your voice and speaking up and, um, and, you know, keep, you know, working on your craft. Absolutely. That's great advice. Very well said um, about the rejection thing, I think. Because um, I didn't deal that well with that in the beginning, and you got to yeah. develop a thick skin. Um, so Justin expressed to me um, when we first started talking that you know one of the goals of the podcast was to showcase uh, creative women working in entertainment, and uh, I thought that was brilliant. And so I was you know thinking more about uh, what what are things that you know I would want to hear myself, and uh, you know. You as a writer, I love knowing what people's, you know, processes and, um, you know, where they're coming from. But I also wanted to know if you had, uh, like, words of wisdom um, from your journey that you would give to, you know, specifically young women who are trying to write and direct. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was lucky enough. I went when I was like, um, I think I was like 25 or something. I, I, I got into Juilliard for playwriting. And I had a mentor there, this this playwright, Marcia Norman. She won a Pulitzer Prize. She's an amazing playwright. Um, but also, you know, just had come up in a time when there were so, like, you know, I, I, I feel like I had women to look towards. But, um, you know, she was, you know, broke a glass ceiling in a way. And um, I just remember her saying, <laughs> you know, just when, when they know you're not going to go away, that's when they'll have to listen. And I, I just always um, took that piece of, I, I remember, you know, her saying that and it, it resonated with me. And I think that, you know, um, I, I mean, obviously things are changing and, and right now 
um, especially the entertainment community is going through such a metamorphosis. And I'll be so curious, like if my daughter decides to be an actor or writer, or, you know, whatever she decides to be, if, what the landscape will be for her. But certainly that for me, because I, you do feel as like sort of a, you know, at that time, you know, as a 25 year old, that there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, you know, who aren't listening. And then, you know, so just keeping putting, putting your voice out there over and over again until they take you seriously. That's, that's brilliant. Um, uh, my, my next question was going to be, um, you know, you, you touched on Juilliard and having a mentor and I have, you know, thought a lot about how mentorship matters so much. You know, we hear about how representation matters, but having people to guide us, people to look to people that are like us, that, um, that are, that are doing it, seeing other women doing this work. And so I was wondering if there's any other programs or courses or mentorship programs that uh, you're seeing or have heard about recently that you would recommend that you think are doing good work right now or that you just find inspiring? Gosh, that's such a great question. I um, am embarrassed to say that I don't. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, uh, I have sort of felt that like particularly working in TV, like getting that first job with the right person becomes a sort of mentorship environment Mm -hmm. um, because working with like people who um, are kind and, you know, run a room efficiently and, um, you know, are more interested in like getting the work done than, than sort of having an ego day. Um, is a very useful um, thing, but I mean, school programs tend to be really great. I think um, I, I'm I'm just sort of out of touch with what's happening in in that area. How about you? I, I mean, it's good. To, I'd be curious to know. I see. I kind of blew past every traditional model because uh, my parents didn't really understand how you could be in a writer and live, um, and so. I, you know, I, I felt a lot of pressure when I was in college to uh, just, you know, choose a more realistic major. And of course, I like ended up doing art history because I somehow convinced myself that that was realistic. Uh, a more yeah. thing. But then I was like, well, no, I, I want to write. I, I, that's who I am at my core. So I decided to do a, a master's in writing, um, but ended up going to the UK where um, their schools are structured a lot more differently even in the graduate programs where they put you on a certain track and that's the track you're on. So the creative writing, they were, you know, trying to shape me into being a novelist and I was discovering that what I always knew was to write uh, screenplays. So when I when I moved to New York, I just sort of was trying to seek out um, a lot of different programs and there, there wasn't a ton that I felt like I was qualified for. Like I knew there was like women in film but I didn't have the, the background or anything like that to, to do that. So I actually was like, well, why don't I try writing some plays? And I wrote one play and I put it on and it was very good. But I, I did it. And then through that, I met other some, some other people, um, some other women who were working in production. And, but there really aren't enough mentorship programs. I know Film Independent uh, does some things, but... Yeah, that that's, that that makes sense. I also what you were saying. I mean, when I first moved to LA, um, and I think that's such a good piece of advice is 
is that sometimes you have to make your own sort of mentorship group. I, I, we, some friends and I, we got involved in a writer's group through the taper and then, um, and, and, and we've been together 10 years, um, the same group wow. of like about eight writers, you know, we're no longer affiliated with the taper. We call ourselves the splinters cause we splintered off, but, but these are like writers that, you know, you go and you can about twice a month and, um, you read, you know, we have a familiarity and, you know, a, a sort of with our work. So I, I mean, that is, a, that is something you can do on your own as a, as a young writer. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, jumping ahead, I would love to ask you what, you know, there's so much great television going on right now. You're one of the people mm-hmm. making great television. What are things you would like to see in film and TV content-wise? What are some stories that you're interested to see more of or types of characters or whatnot? That's what, um, I, I feel like I can't, I mean, it's so exciting what's happening right now because you can't kind of keep up with all the amazing storytelling and um, I can't, you know, you know, I can't, I, if I could think of what I wanted to see, I would definitely write it so that I could have a new TV show. Um, but I, but I, I mean, it's been really exciting to like, you know, with like girls and transparent and, um, you know, to see, you know, women represented in such like interesting ways and where they're allowed to be, you know, crappy at times. And, you know, just, you know, from that sort of like early days of network television, where I felt like women had to be so good all the you know there was always like I would always get the note like is she likable like it's really oh, yeah. been such a you know that that seemed to be the ma- major note that you got particularly for some reason men were allowed to be you know more more um behave badly or or not but but that so it, I, I feel like it's been such a joy and oh and like homeland with Carrie Mathis and like just to, and, and Peggy and um and Joan on that, you know, I've just, it's been, you know, a real joy seeing like women characters blooming um, in, in these shows and, and particularly in, in uh, television. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I love difficult, complex women. That was actually a note I struggled with a lot with my, my current film hedgehog was um, it's a, it's a difficult character. And that was something, is she likable? She's, not well she's not in the beginning but (laughs) and and then yeah yeah it's it's nice to see uh fully realized characters that are three-dimensional um in the world um i i also wanted to ask you uh about directors people films that are most influential to you um yeah if you want to talk about that a little bit um um the wire i i loved um you know uh um in film you know gosh i sort of grew up like seeing like you know all these like independent movies hal hartley movies and um uh jane campion you know i uh so yeah so you know i mean my my sort of film um I worked in a video store, you know, I remember like Spike Lee and, you know, it was just like a really exciting time when film, you know, when all these like this sort of new voices were, were coming up um, in film. And I, I was definitely inspired by a lot of that storytelling as a young person. 
Awesome. All right, so let's talk about parenthood. Um, something I noticed while I was watching the show, uh, The Path, was you know, parenthood was this big success. It had a large ensemble drama revolved around a family and all the issues that come along with that. And that, I think, is translated into The Path, where we're seeing you know, Aaron Paul as part of the head of this family that is struggling with a lot of things uh, throughout the show. Uh, so talk about your time working on The Parenthood and how it influenced your writing for The Path. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I got so lucky because um, I hadn't done a lot of TV. I had um, worked on one show prior to Parenthood and and um, and that that woman, Liz um, Heldens, was, uh, uh, had worked on Friday Night Lights. So I got the two bosses that I had in TV, Liz Heldens and then Jason Kadem, talk about mentors, were just these incredible, people to learn from, um, uh, you know, and so I, I learned a lot about like, like how you think about story from, from both of them, but, but certainly, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think one of the reasons, you, you know, you get a job is as I had always been interested in family, like a lot of my plays were about family structures. Um, and so it was a really good fit for me to go to parenthood and um yeah so the path is just like a much more messed up version (laughs) very much so i would say that's a uh that's putting it kindly as far as the screwed upness um i would also like to give you bonus points for having realistic depictions of teenagers um that was something that uh, i noticed right off the bat i have a uh, teenage daughter and my wife is also a uh, high school teacher so I know what real teenagers are like, and that is not very often what you see on television as they're portrayed. But I thought you did a really great job uh, in the show specifically of uh, creating that. Can you talk a little bit about that and how hard it can be to uh, create a teenager that acts like a teenager as opposed to some things you see on other shows? Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, we, I mean, I, I certainly like now feel like I have no contact with teenagers, so it's sort of mysterious how anything gets um, created well, but thank you for saying that because that means a lot to me. I mean, in the past, this particular teenager, Hawk, it's so nice he's sort of grown up in the few years we've done the show, but um, he was such a specific teenager because he grew up in this deep, you know, in this deep faith. He was super sheltered. And I think some of the details of that and the specificity of that made him feel real. Um, I think it's harder maybe, and I don't know, because I haven't really done it, when you're doing more like just kids in high school, then they, then, you know, there were so many parameters for, for us to explore Hawk's character that I think it helped, you know, it's always what they say, like God is in the details, like the more specific a character is, I think the more, um, he rings true or she rings true. Sure. Absolutely. No, I was just very impressed by it because I know Lindsay wanted to talk about um, what the process of is kind of taking out a new show out on your own and creating something that's your own and putting it out there. So Lindsay, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I just, I'm uh, always interested in uh, writers processes and creative processes. Um, I know we each kind of, have our own and I just wanted to know if there's uh, 
is it do you are you the type of writer that you get kind of fixated on one idea and you really want to explore that do you feel like you need to do a whole lot of research on something or do you want to draw more from your own life and personal experiences just do you want to talk a little bit about your your writing and creative process yeah i mean i feel like i've, I've had different processes with different projects the path is so special because it truly was a moment in my life where i I had been on Parenthood for a couple of years and I decided, and I had written screenplays like where you get hired to write them, you know, like based on a book or whatever. And, and uh, I, I sort of said, I, I've lost contact with like what I would write if I shut the door and, you know, and just, you know, didn't go after a job. Cause as a young playwright, you know, you're writing like about your hometown and everybody who, screwed you over and you know you're just like <laughs> full of angst and stories to tell and axes to grind but you know I think something I mean I don't know if that's true for everyone but you know you sort of when you start working for money you can lose track of that that part of yourself and I had been through like a really rough divorce and um and I had lost my a parent and I was like, you know what, on this break from parenthood, I just, I'm just going to write something. I just want to shut a door. I'm not going to answer my phone. I just want to see what I would write. And I just had this weird idea about this family. And, you know, I had grown up at Woodstock and I was so sort of interested in, in faith. And, and, and um, I just was like, what happens when you wake up and you don't believe in your life anymore? Like, it was just something I personally wanted to explore. And so I just wrote it on spec. So it's it's like one of those amazing stories because I feel like this doesn't really happen that often. But I I wrote it on spec, and then when I was done, I I, I gave it to Jason, my boss at the time. And I did, I wasn't sure. I was very nervous because I didn't know him super well, and I thought, well, this might be too weird, you know, for him. And he was just like, I love this. I wanna I wanna help you with this. And so uh, you know, we we took it out, and um. And we got really lucky that um, Hulu said, you know, we're sort of interested in this. Um, but but I just, you know, so that so that was like a rare thing, a rare, um, you know, I you know process. Um, but you know, oftentimes, you know, the more I think for me in the last like ten years of working, you know, my, my the more common process has been, you know, like you get sent a book and you fall in love with it and you want to, you know, or there's like an article that you love, but, but the path was, was really just, you know, I, I just pulled myself out of the world for a bit. And um, so it's, it's very special that that happened. And so can you talk about what were some of the challenges that you had in really going from writing for other people and creating for other people and going out into this new thing to take what you had just created and shopping it around i always wonder what that process is like to kind of take this around to people that are you know obviously i don't know if you how many different studios or outlets you went to but there is some yeah. fear and of rejection there which we talked about earlier but talk about that process and how that all went in the getting the path from the pitch to the show yeah, I mean it's it's hell. I mean I I just I I mean even when you're like writing a show, you know we'll sit in the writers room and we'll be writing. We're so in love with our show. It's just for me process is always so much better than product. Like I just the vulnerability of product of like sending your work into the world is just 
you know, it's, it's just fills you with self doubt. And I mean, not everybody, but that's my experience. So I, um, you know, I, I, and, and believe me, like the past was rejected by many people and, um, um, but, but enough people, you know, you know, like Jason just was like, it just needs one person to say yes. We just need one person <laughs> to say yes. And someone will, he just really believed that he's a very rare soul who just like has this kind of like deep faith in, in, in certain writers and stories. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a brutal process and, and, you know, and sometimes like, you know, you always hear those amazing stories about things that. 10 years, you know, um, um, I'm, I'm actually working on a pilot now that's getting made that was rejected that got passed on three years ago. So like, I guess it's just bizarre. And, and the, and the only, the only agency we have as writers is just, you just keep writing and getting involved in the next thing. But, um, certainly with the path, we went through a lot of, um, rejection. And then when, when we got to Hulu, you know, Aaron read it and that really helped, you know, he just really fell in love with the character and, um, and, uh, he and Michelle read it pretty quickly and, and both jumped on board and that made it much more, um, uh, people, you know, like when other people are on board. Right. That's awesome. Uh, that, that definitely helps sell it for sure. Yeah. Um, talk, yeah. what have the, been the pros and cons? We did talk about how the, there's so much content now, especially, on the TV side of things and all the outlets that are out there, what are some, what are some of the challenges and benefits since you've worked at both the traditional network and with Hulu, what are some of the challenges and pros and cons between the two? And do you think uh, networks are doing enough to kind of keep, stay competitive in this landscape as it changes? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I felt, I just feel so, you know, like with Hulu, we just got so lucky because they were so um, passionate about what we wanted to say and they, um, you know, they were great collaborators with, uh, with me, um, you know, and, and challenging me to like, you know, not be afraid to tell stories that I wanted to tell. Um, I, I, I think network TV is, is changing. I, I'm not told, I don't, you know, like I said, I don't watch a ton of, um, TV, but certainly like a show like, like this is us is, is, is making great strides and, um, I think it seems it seems like you know I it all for me it all goes back to that note is are they likable and and that to me feels that it's a, a regressive way of thinking of storytelling so so that sometimes seems you know I I love network TV but it seems sometimes when when things have too much notes on them that 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 they don't become their best form. Sure. They tend to, did they get yeah. caught up in kind of an old school mentality? Yeah, because people, audiences now, I think they're really into seeing the intricacies of human behavior and, you know, really mining that, and, you know, and so that means that people are allowed to be very human. That's great. Right. Well, I know Lindsay wanted to talk because we, in our research, knew that you have actually directed uh, one episode of of the path, and uh, Lindsay wanted to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, because I know you've also, you know, directed a feature, and uh, mm-hmm. when it, but directing, you know, directing television is 
is different. The television itself is a whole different animal, as you well know. Um, and mm-hmm. I just wanted to ask about your experiences with uh, directing the show that you created and um, your experiences about that and what you enjoyed. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I think what happens when you're like running the show is that you're so busy, you barely get time to actually like luxuriate in this world you made and like spend time with your actors um, and really be present. So I felt um, after the first season, I, I was too afraid to do it the first season, but the second season, I was like, I want to try this and I want to challenge myself in this way. And I had such an amazing support from, you know, we had pretty much the same crew for mm-hmm. all three seasons. So I knew everybody would take good care of me. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, and I did it again this year, which is super exciting, but um, it's just, it, for me, it was really a way to like really get to be present in this thing because, you know, you sort of blink and life is gone moments, you know? So, so I, I, I just, it, it was awesome. And, um, and, you know, I learned a lot about the show and, you know, it, it's just, it's such a great, I, I really suggest that people should, should do it with their, with their work. That's, that's amazing. And I, I actually want, Justin, if you don't mind, I just wanted to throw in a, a bonus question on that uh, topic. Um, would you, would you ever direct a film again? Would you want to do that? Well, you know, you know, it's funny because when I directed my movie, I did it for like $250,000. It's a play. It's like four people in a house. So it's like probably a little bit of a boring movie. Um, but I was so curious to tell, like to fully realize something. I feel like as writers, we're always sort of like handing things off and, um, and other people finish the story. And I, and I was, you know, I wanted to, to actually tell it and 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 you know I was learning I mean being a director as you know is like it's it's very I think it's so, so difficult um yeah I feel like I I would do I would want to do a film now I would even want to direct a little bit more before I did a film again but yes I do want to do a I want to find something like the past like there's something that I write from the beginning that's just like super you know like a story I really need to tell and then I want to direct it, but I want to direct it now with all this new information I have. Well, I would be, I, I would love to see that because I, I love the way you talk about um, the things that you're interested in. And I love the, the work that you've made so far. So if you make a movie, I'll, I'm buying a ticket. So, uh, sorry, Justin. And we'll have you, we'll have you back on the podcast to talk about that movie anytime you want. Okay, great. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Talk about the challenges of having a show that does have success, uh, like The Path and even on Parenthood. Talk about the challenge from season to season to kind of keep advancing it, keep the story relevant with what's going on in the current times, if it's applicable, and uh, staying true to the vision of the show also at that same time. And does that vision change depending on the success of the show and how the audience perceives it? Um, So, you know, like... There's like Twitter and all this stuff, you know, so you're hearing a bit about how people are reacting to your show. Um, And I I do think, you know, you can't help but be affected by that. Um, I I, I tried to protect myself as much as possible from from reading like critical response and and stuff like that. Um, 
but I do I do think in a weird way um, the, one of the joys of television is like the evolution of um, where these people go and I, I don't necessarily think that uh, it's a bad thing I think it's it's kind of an exciting like every year we get in the room for these two the two subsequent seasons and we're I'm I'm just like I have no idea what we're gonna do and then you know and then it happens and you're you know and and particularly I just love this season season three I think is so exciting I think season twos are harder because you you built something and it worked and you're sort of still stuck with the thing that worked like you're having trouble but moving but by season three you're like you know screw it like let's just blank pages just like run with something new here and that's very refreshing and exciting so maybe maybe there's like a little bit of that sophomore kind of you feel in a corner you know you're not sure but by but I, at least i felt for us season three was a real you know breath we t- we were able to take a big breath that's great so you've been happy with the vision of this you know the, the progress of the show that's great uh Lindsay, yeah. you, know, you want to talk about uh the next topic we had on there yeah so um you know we've all we've been talking a, a bit about you know content created by women um and featuring complex realistic uh not always likable people and, and likability doesn't need to be central to creating a uh a women a, a women character yeah a female character um mm-hmm. but behind the scenes as we all know you know that's how we get projects made and decisions are made um you know are you you talked about the opportunity that you've been given uh do you feel like you're seeing more of that happen i mean when you know you do so much as a as a showrunner so you're kind of um in your own bubble because you have to make sure your show is is doing fine but in terms of the landscape and things you've been hearing do you feel like what we're seeing in television means that this is progress that the con that this kind of content is being taken more seriously i mean certainly since like you know i was like a teenager or even oh even like 10 years ago definitely i mean um you know i think that the landscape the 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 hope for complex female characters for for writer for women writers I mean, it, it seems to have grown. And most of the people I work with are women on the show. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I feel hopeful. I do. I mean, I, I, I think it's like, I mean, probably, you know, in, in film, it's, it's a more, um, I still think film has a, a, has a really long way to go. But um, certainly television um, is, uh, television is, is I, I, you know, I mean, television, I mean, maybe it's just what I watch, so that's what I know, but um, I'm like, you know, I, I, I feel like television is evolving. I, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly that I, I see better examples in television and film, but I don't, I don't necessarily know why that is. I mean, I know that television's going through a, a golden renaissance right now, and um, that's such a beautiful thing. But when you said that film still has a long way to go, I I can't specifically cite why 
that is, but I was wondering if you had any thoughts on why, why that yeah, is. I'd, yeah, no, that, it, it's probably like maybe, I mean, it's probably like we should all get together and have this conversation because maybe understanding why it is the, why it is that way would be yeah. really helpful. Um, you know, like I know, you know, like going to see Wonder Woman, my, I, you know, and I'm sure that's how people are feeling about Black Panther, but I definitely was like, I've never seen anything like it. I started to cry, you know, I, it was so moving um, just to see that on a big screen well, with your 10 year old, you know, um, but I, I definitely, um, I, I mean, that is so rare and, and I would feel more, yeah, it is. I mean, it is super interesting. Why is television taking this, this leap? And and why isn't it happening? With Netflix and Hulu and Amazon kind of creating their own originals and kind of putting them out digitally instead and kind of usurping that theater model, I think that might yeah. help. Um, and I think you're seeing, I think you're seeing the strongest female characters and fully formed characters overall um, on television than you are at film. Film is kind of the traditional studio film to kind of put themselves into a box that they haven't really quite figured out how to get out of. Oh, sorry. I was actually just going to jump in that just in my, uh, you know, I haven't been doing this that long. I've only been in film for about eight or nine years. Uh, but every, I've worked in television and I've worked in uh, for a production company. I've just met more women in television. I don't know if that has something to do with it. I would like it. I would like to believe that it does, but I just haven't met as many gatekeepers in the film world. And I, I just, I just in my, like I said, my limited experience that women help other women get things moving a lot of times. And men, men do too, but it's uh, the journey that I went through with this first feature uh, there were a lot of people who didn't want to listen to me. And there were a lot of people that didn't take it seriously. There were a lot of people who were like, well, how do we sell this? How do we, we don't really understand this character. We don't really understand what this movie is about, but they weren't even giving it the time of day. It's, you know, uh, <laughs> and so it's, it's film and television, they're, they're similar, but they're different. And it's a lot of times about who's, who's making the decisions. And not that there's not, there's massive obstacles in television. It's crazy the whole crazy business but it's just yeah, yeah. well just <laughs> trail off. Uh, sorry no, jess i know we're running out of time here but i wanted to give you the opportunity we uh, uh we're a very socially conscious show and the podcast here and i know in talking to you you were mentioning that planned parenthood is a organization that you're very passionate about uh and uh let's talk a little bit about that why is that something that you uh are passionate about and enjoy discussing well, you know, I just, I mean, I remember, like, moving from my small town to New York City at, like, 18, and it really was the only outlet to get a checkup, you know? I mean, I just think for, I, I mean, I, I personally remember that, that that was where you could go when you didn't have health, health insurance, uh, you know, to the... And it, it, it's a vital organization, and... um I just feel really passionately that it, it needs to exist. And um, I've been glad, you know, as I've started to work to be able to, uh, you know, speak for it. And I was saying to you earlier that I think my new cause is going to be gun control. 
because it's it feels very sad, you know, to have a child and to be scared for them to go to school. Sure. Um, so um, I think I'm, my daughter and I are going to get on that bandwagon. Right. I, I think it's a worthy cause, and I kind of personally get it from each side. I do have a, you know, middle school age child who I send to school every day. I also have a wife who I send to a school every day. Yeah. That's kind of on the other side of it. And, you know, when these kinds of things happen, it I think people don't realize that this is something that teachers especially think about all the time. I mean, it is yeah. never not top of mind. And it's something that it's probably something that most teachers have to put out of their mind to get through the day, I think, especially now with the frequency at which we know about it happening. Um, and so, yeah, anything we can do to push those causes and further that along is great. Uh, Jess, I know you got to run, so thank you for joining us today. Um, Lindsay, did you have anything else you wanted to add real quick? I loved doing this, and uh, Jess, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you, guys. This was super fun. Absolutely. I really once, enjoyed it. Thank you very much for joining us. Right. Uh, once again, this was Jess Goldberg, whose show The Path is now available, streaming on Hulu, in its third season that just started about a little over a month ago. So check that out. Uh, once again, Jess, thank you so much, and hopefully we'll have you on again when you uh, decide you're going to write that feature film or whatever you do in your next creative endeavor. This is Justin and Lindsay for the Mayday Female Filmmaker Friday podcast. It's a mouthful. Uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Please head over to allconsumingcontent.com. You can also check out our radio station at Handmaid's Resistance Radio. That is on Slacker Radio or for free on the Slacker app.